This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, a bonus show. A first home win at Ashton Gate on a Saturday since April 2022 and a six-goal thriller at that. A change in shape resulted in a change in fortune. Mark Sykes was one of the many benefactors as he was played into a more advanced role and got his first and second City goal. Three and three in 2023 for Semenyo and City still unbeaten in 2023 as well, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a Actually, a, a, a nice, enjoyable game. Um, you had kind of everything, didn't you? You had the moments where you thought, oh, that's it, we're comfortable now, we'll see this out. To then thinking, oh, God, if they get the next one, <laughs> we're in trouble. But it's funny, you know, we, we've been crying out for the formation change. And I listened to Nigel Pearson's post-match, um, and it was almost kind of uh, formations, cormations, who cares kind of thing is what we do. Um, and, you know... For us as fans, I think clearly the formation made the difference. Yeah. Um, Naismith playing in the midfield. Um, and then, like you say, Sykes sort of getting forward as he did. So, it, but more than anything, it was an enjoyable game. And then even more than that, it was three points. The three points were massive yesterday. And we finally saw a penalty, but for the, the wrong end, yeah, unfortunately. And, and, and to be fair, no, it wasn't contentious, was it? It was a clear penalty. So, no, yeah. Still 435 days since uh, one goes our way. Well, listening to Nigel talking on Radio 5 Live as well, wasn't it? About five, uh, Radio 5, I should say. Nigel Whittle. Um, Nigel Whittle, yeah, friend of the show, um, talking about it. And when you see the graphs and you see just what an outlier we are, yeah. um, they were trying to imply we, we didn't get in the box very much and perhaps that was why it was in... But there's just no, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't think there's a conspiracy theory at all. I don't think refs are kind of, let's not give them. But it just seems really strange. But if Pring plays like he did yesterday, we'll get a penalty. Yeah. Well, we've got a guest with us, Matt, as always. And it's a City season ticket holder and a former player from uh, 89-90. It's Jason Eaton. Jason, how are you, sir? Good morning. Yeah, very well. After yesterday's result. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, 16 first team appearances and one goal and a dog in the background. Yeah, excuse the dog. She's excited as well. <laughs> Talk us through your memories briefly of uh, of that, that goal and your 16 appearances. Yeah, I think you know, it was, um, for me, I started uh, my career at the Rivals, um, Bristol Rovers. So, um, you know, luckily in those days, you there wasn't many scouts around, so you had to sort of find clubs to go to. Um, and yeah, I had the opportunity to start at Bristol Rovers, which was great for me um, under Bobby Gould. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, good uh, good relationship with Bobby and obviously Richard as well. Played um, played for his dad when when needed, when we were short, um, and obviously John as well. So um, yeah, great great rounding. Um, obviously Bobby was very disciplined, and then um, got released. Um, when Joe Francis took over so due to finances not as I was paid too much money but um, that was the excuse and then um, went back into the non-league so didn't give up hope um, and then banged a few goals in uh, for local some local clubs Clevedon then went to Trowbridge and um, and then sort of I was on the radar then as a sort of a, an up-and-coming striker and then got the opportunity to have a couple of trial games so first game I played against Cardiff scored a couple of goals at Ashton Gate and then Played against Mangotsfield, scored a hat trick, and then couldn't really resist taking me on as a as a full time 
professional head got called from Joe Jordan um, and just said, do you want to sign? And that was it. So yeah, career started then. So excited to get um, a club that I, you know, supported as a youngster. And then, yeah, went on to make 16 appearances, uh, sort of in and out the side because of the strike force that we had. Uh, Bob Taylor, Robbie Turner, um, prolific them too. And sort of, I was a bit part player really, but enjoyed my time there. Um, took every opportunity that I could um, to play and, you know, and then that sort of set me up really. And I was, you know, Joe left, Jimmy Lumsden took over. Um, he wanted his own squad. Um, and then I was moved on to non-league, which, you know, had sort of quite a few good years in the non-league game. Um, went to Cheltenham, uh, which was which was great for me. Seven years there, played in the FA Trophy final, scored in the FA Trophy final, which was nice. And then um, we got promoted under Steve Cottrell, um, which Steve obviously was... You know, a great man manager, I felt, in my time there. Um, moved the club on to, to, to a different level. And then, um, you know, I then moved to Yeovil. So, sort of then my career sort of changed a little bit. Um, and then I sort of decided to, the work was a little bit more important than playing football. So, I did a little bit of both. Um, and then sort of continued until I was 37. And then thought it was time to... Uh, to hang out the old boots. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, as a as a Bristol City fan to play for Bristol City, Matt, what a dream come true that would have been. Oh, I can only imagine it. Yeah, can only imagine it. Um, yeah, it must have yeah. been tremendous, especially in and around that team that you were with, the Joe Jordan sort of era. What an era that was. Yeah, and then, you know, it was um, you know, something said I always wanted to do and to get that opportunity when you stood on the terrace as a youngster and you think, right, I've got a, I've got a tick box I want to do. I want to I want to play for my local club and get that, getting that opportunity. I think sometimes it sort of passes you by quite quickly. You just, you know, don't yeah. take it all in until you look back on, you know, the memories and see, you know, being a season ticket holder as well. I can, you know, reminisce a little bit, you know, when I go down to the ground, it's quite nice to talk about, you know, your memories and um, not many people remember it. That's the problem. <laughs> Once you get a little bit older, it's. Um, well, we do. We well, do, yeah, 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 we do. Yeah, and the, the number of links that you've mentioned there, obviously the Goulds, uh, Steve Cottrell. Um, so, yeah, it's all, all all entwined in Bristol City in some way. Yeah, and, and with Steve as well, it's, you know, when he took, got the job at um, City, you know, first I thought, oh, better, better message him just to say congratulations. So I always sort of kept in touch with him when he was, uh, when he was manager. And, mm. you know, I, I think you know, we, we spoke about this yesterday, he's sort of in Hughes as a personality, you know, fits for some people and, you know, maybe his downfall at the end of it. But we had some great times at City when uh, when he was here. So bet, fond yeah. memories of him as a, as, as a guy. And, you know, I'm always looking out for how he does as a, as a manager now as well. Certainly one of your favourites, Matt. He's, I mean, I say the best manager, obviously, in terms of success. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um Gave me something. Well, every City fan, we've never seen a championship winning, you know, a, a title winning side. Um, I'll always love Joe Jordan, that era. Um, Joe Jordan's probably my favourite manager from, from that point of view, probably because of who he was as well at the time. But yeah, I mean, he, he brought us some great time, Steve Cottrell. They had a good, I think they won 4-0 yesterday. So yeah, no, good, good win so. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Right, well, um, we'll get into... To, Tomorrow, tomorrow's we're getting to yesterday's action. Um, I've had a bit of a heavy night, if I'm honest. I, I can tell, yeah. Apologies, right? Yeah. So, into uh, before we get into yesterday's action, let's do our talk club check in. So, um, how are you out of 10? 
And uh, just going to hear quickly from Joe Sims about how you can get involved in Talk Club. Hello, everyone. Uh, just a quick message to let you know that Talk Club are meeting every Wednesday at 7.30 at VIP 3, which is behind the safe stand. It's an opportunity for men to get together, to talk, to listen and get mentally fit. It's an open invite for all men just to come down. No therapists, no couches, no judgment, just a bunch of regular men sitting in a private and safe space, listening and talking. It's most recently endorsed by Mr. Liam Gallagher and the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury. So come down and check out for yourself. We're meeting every Wednesday at 7.30 in Fortress Ashton, VIP entrance behind the safe stand. Or you can check us out online at talkclub.org. That's talkclub.org. Thanks. Okay, Matt, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a good eight this morning, mate. Um, even edging a nine. Um, a 4-2 win like that yesterday does wonders. Um, you know I'm also, um, I like Man United as well. I'm not, I, I probably am a fan, but Bristol City is my club. Um, so to, to be able to watch Man United get the 2-1 victory at Man City as well, that added to it. Listening to the concourse go quiet once they'd all died down after Fernandez's goal was allowed, wrongly in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, we say so often on here, for us, the result and the performance makes such a difference, doesn't it? So yeah, I'm a, I'm a good eight, looking forward to uh, to the replay on Tuesday now in Swansea. Yeah. Jason, how are you out of 10? I've probably been a nine this morning, but I got a call from work early on, so <laughs> <laughs> that's put me back a little bit. So yeah, no, I'd, I'd say a good eight. And um, as Matt said, it's... Um, you know, a lot of it's to do with football and your uh, your mood after games. Um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd say you know a good uh, good eight at the moment, eight to nine. Um, yeah. yeah, just uh, you know, just being uh, enthusiastic as you know, get up and uh, start the day. You know, as as you mean to go Absolutely. on. And um, you know, I, I like to do a bit of exercise as well because of my my career. And um, that's the plan today. If it stops raining, I should go out and do a little bit, and um, that will push me to a ten, I'm sure. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll go on an eight as well. Uh, a great day yesterday, uh, 4-2 win, night out, uh, celebrating a friend's birthday. Uh, but yeah, this morning after one too many, shall we say, I'm probably an eight instead of a nine, but I'm sure <laughs> that will ease as time goes on. But yeah, no, good scores, good scores all round. Right, yesterday's lineup, Matt. Max O'Leary, four across the back, George Tanner, Zach Viner, Rob Atkinson, Cam Pring. Alex Scott, Cal Naismith and Matty James in the middle and Sykes, Wells and Semenyo up, up top. So it, it was 4-3-3. Uh, you could see that very clearly from the start. And uh, yeah, great to see Naismith in an advanced role and, and Mark Sykes playing in the position that's probably his favourite. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I think as it, it developed from where I was looking, Naismith was playing a slightly deeper role than the other two. It felt like it was more of a 4-1 sort of two, but... Again, Pearson sort of doesn't doesn't seem to go much on the formations, but made a difference. Um, Campering is is naturally going forward, um, and we'll talk, I'm sure, loads about Cam on this one. Whereas George is much more naturally a, a right back, if you like, a traditional more of the defender, and so doesn't get as far forward as Cam and, and look to get in the box quite so much. But it was just a a, a good solid sort of setup. I thought midfield wise we looked good. Alex Scott. If I am a, a Prem club looking um, at a player that you might want for the future, Alex Scott is definitely there. I thought some of what he did yesterday was unbelievable. Um, and against a, a Birmingham side, let's not forget that we historically never seem to do that well against. 
Um, they're a physical side. And, and I thought yesterday we did really well against them physically as well. Jason, an interesting one there on Alex Scott. You've seen him develop like we have. Uh, do you think he's ready for a Premier League starting eleven, or does he need another season in the Championship? I think yesterday was probably the best I've seen him play going forward for yeah. many games. I thought he was more um, confident. Uh, he, he picked the ball up and started to run with it, which committed players, and players can't touch him when he's like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, obviously, whether... You know, the formation suited him a little bit better, but that's what we want to see. You know, I've always sort of thought there's not been too much end product with Alex. You know, he gets into good positions, but we want to see a little bit more. We want to see him commit players. And I thought yesterday he looked a bit more like the Jack Grealish, where there was a lot of talk about him being like Jack Grealish. I thought yesterday was a little bit more like that. He was committing players. Players couldn't he could skip away from players. And, you know, all of a sudden we looked as though we had like five or six players available. And then moving up into the, the front three, Jason, as a former striker yourself, did you like to play just alongside one? And, you know, the fact that yesterday we had three up top effectively interchanging, how did you see that? Yeah, I think, you know, look, looking what we used to play, um, there was always a two um, and then uh, someone from midfield that was always joining in. So I think, from yesterday's point of view, I think made so much difference for us. I think we moved the ball a little bit quicker yeah. um, from the back going forward. Um, and that that just showed, I, I hate to play against those three yesterday as a defender. I just think there's so much, you know, they're, they're fit lads. They move the defenders around. You know, Naki's on fire at the moment. Um, Semenyo, you know, he, he takes players on as well. And Sykes, you know, made that three. So, you know, the couple of goals that came, were from three players being in the box. I've watched it back and there was five players in the box at times. Yeah. You know, and when was the last time we had five players, you know, available to score um, in the box? So I think that's encouraging for us. And, you know, that's more attacking. And that's what we want to see. We want to see more attacking football, I think, as as supporters. Um, that, you know, it, yes, we may, we may concede, but let's score more goals in the opposition. And, and if that's our strengths at the moment, then... I think we need to just stick to our strengths. And, you know, that's, that was encouraging for me. Although, you know, it did leave holes and it will leave holes. Um, I think with Naismith as well playing as a, a sort of more of a bit of an anchor, then it gave the other guys the opportunity to, to take that chance. Yeah, no, good points. Right, let's get into the game, into the seventh minute. Birmingham looking threatening, great block from Cam Pring, and then a free kick conceded on the edge of the box. From that City break with Scott and his pass to Semenyo is just cut out, Matt. So it was a it was a good breakaway. I think uh, Alex Scott had probably two options, I think Sykes and Semenyo. Um, he opted for Semenyo, but just couldn't thread that ball through. No, I mean, it's <clears throat> as Jason said, I think that's the one thing with Alex at the moment. Is, is kind of end product, be that goals or the, the final sort of ball through. Um, and a couple of times yesterday, well, probably four or five times yesterday, he did the hard part, really, getting away with the ball, um, exactly as Jason's saying, sort of, you know, very Grealish-esque. Um, he, he just drives with it, doesn't he? He runs at them and, and defenders are scared of him. But yeah, just that final ball wasn't quite on the money yesterday. Um, a couple of times it would either hit the defender or it was maybe a little bit too short, a little bit too wide. But he, he still looked very, very impressive. And you, your bit before around the defending, again, they were determined yesterday to just throw their bodies at it. Cam Pring, Atkinson, mm. literally just chucking themselves in front of the ball. So 
Um, but it was it was an impressive start, impressive yeah. start from certainly Scott. And it, and early on as well, especially, it's important to to not go a goal down and throw yeah. themselves at the ball. And and it it could very easily have turned toxic yesterday because of where we were in the league. Um, you know, yes, we've had a couple of improved performances and perhaps been a little bit unlucky. Um, I think the difference yesterday was when the opportunities came, we took them, um, you know, in front of goal, certainly. Um, but yeah, it was really important to stay in the game early on because, as I say, Birmingham have got some good players. I was surprised Kedra didn't start from yesterday. Um, I thought he would have done, but they, you know, the lad on the, the wing was causing a few problems. Um, and Troy Deeney is your know, archetypal professional old fashioned centre half and he knows what he's doing. Centre half? A uh, centre forward, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you guys drink as well. He knows what he's doing to the centre half is what I meant. But <laughs> you know, he he's he's a clever footballer, Troy Deeney. Um so yeah, it was it was, as you say, it was it was important to stay in the game early on like we did. Yeah. Uh, Jason, 12th minute, Sykes picks up the ball, runs at the Birmingham defence, wins a free kick, uh, which Naki Wells takes and it hits the top of the wall. So early on, we can see that Sykes is getting more advanced um, and just a a word on free kicks. We like to talk about set pieces on this podcast and in the years gone by, I'm sure you've seen some free kick specialists, something we're lacking at the moment. Yeah, I think with the opportunities and you see some go to James Ward, Prize is an example, you know, whether they need to spend a little bit more on the training time on the training ground or yeah. find that free kick specialist. I think, you know, they've used various players up there with Nay Smith and people like that over the over the months. But, you know, it, there is a skill to it. And, um, you know, we, yeah, we need to find it because they're good opportunities in and around the box. It's a, it's a free shot, really, isn't it? It's, you know, and, and our conversion rate needs to be a lot better. Yeah. In around the box or, or try something a little bit different. But, yeah. you know, when you get that opportunity, definitely. I think um, I don't know what the stats are like for you know goals scored on free kicks, but we don't seem to. We score were trying to, yeah, we were trying to think of the last direct one, and um, was it the Pato one that we said? I think Patrick, so. I yeah, I think so. I, I thought I thought Scott would have taken that one yesterday. Um, I think sort of following on from his run as well, and I'm sure Scott used to take a lot of free kicks in the under twenty ones, under twenty threes, whatever it was at that stage. Um, but yeah. Naki seems to be favourite. For the ones that are that, kind of that side, and then Naismith if it's a bit further out, doesn't he? But yeah, I think we've seen we've seen. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a, a Wells free kick, but we've certainly seen him hit the, hit the target, hit the yeah, post, yeah. hit the bar, etc. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, sure that's... in training, it's uh, everyone wants to get on the ball and take yeah. a free kick, like a, like when you have a penalty, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's the first thing I, I I want to take it. So it surprises me that you know they they don't you know there isn't that recognised person that um, can make that difference because well, it's it all about it's, you know, it's, it's practice, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's just getting on that training ground and, um, and doing it repetitively time and time again. We've got um, no so idea yeah. who, who would take yeah. a penalty if we ever get one, to be honest. No. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. 17th yeah. minute. It's a goal. It's one nil Bristol city. Naismith switches the play with great vision to find Scott. Scott plays a delicious ball down the line with the outside of his right boot. Perfect weight to bring whose cross finds some menu to chest home, Matt. And we've seen carbon copies of these goals. Haven't we this season in terms of getting to get into the byline, blasting it across, get something on it. And this yeah. time it's a chest. Yeah, I mean, I think Naki Wells had won similarly, I think, from from Pring before. As you said, it was a, a, a great little ball with the outside of his foot by Scott um, after the good, good ball by Naismith. And Cam Pring just showed yesterday how much he's developing. I mean, he was 
frightening yesterday. It was a, um, you know, a, a really, really strong performance from him. But importantly, Semenya had to be there. Um, you know, he, he actually, when you look at it back, it was it was such sort of ferocity across. It was a case of just getting your body there and not, you know, trying to put your head and missing it because you've ducked down or. So no, it was a, it was a good goal, good finish. I did think initially because you could see even from the far end that it clearly wasn't his head whether there would have been any kind of chance of arm involved and could see it chalked off, but immediately the ref and the linesman gave it. So yeah, it was a, a good start. Yeah. Jason, how important is it to get that supply and get a, a left back, a right back, a winger, whatever, bombing down and you just taken up a position which you think is the is the best place to be? It's so difficult to defend against, you know, with um, with someone working at pace like that. It's a great, great little move. And you saw, and he's done it time and time again, Pring, getting into the box and um, and getting away from the defender. And all you have to do as a striker, you just need to be in the six-yard box, you know. And I I do a little bit of coaching for the youngsters now because my son plays. And, um, you know, as a striker, I scored the majority of my goals in, in and around the six-yard box. Mm. So defenders, you know, midfield players will always try and put that ball in and around the six-yard box. So, you know, you will, if you take a chance in and around there, then the ball will ricochet or come off the keeper, come off the defender, and um, you'll get your majority of goals there. And I think that's encouraging Semenyo. You know, he didn't score any of these yesterday, but as a striker, he's got to be really pleased with um, with that goal, just as he would if he scored a world outside the box. So just get yourself in and around that area and defenders or, you know, our fullbacks will will put that ball into those areas. Um and Pring is just does it time and time again, and that that's it's quite similar. I, I can't remember the game a few weeks ago where he did exactly the same, got to the byline and just whipped it straight in. And I think it was Semenya, was it Semenya again that did exactly might, the same? Might have been Na- might have been Naki, Naki, I think. Yeah, Naki, yeah. So so once they once you know they get more they're playing together more regularly, then that that can happen more and more time and time again because yeah. you know we've got the pace as our as our forwards are pretty mobile to get up and support because Pring to keep up with him you've got to have some quick <laughs> yeah. forwards and um you know and, and those boys up front at the moment you know know what he's going to do which is great so yeah long may it continue yeah. and um just same with the other side as well just you know we need to develop the other side yeah exactly. Exactly. it's interesting isn't it, that sort of Jason's point now and absolutely you, you get what Jason's saying in terms of as a striker you're as pleased to get that kind of goal because of your movement and being in there the, as you are with a worldie. So, yeah, it's a, a good perspective from that point of view. Yeah. Four minutes later, two goals up. Naismith heads forward, a ruddy goal kick, and Wells is away after showing great strength to push off the defender and finishes really well off the post, Jason. Um, you know, if that was... Yeah, we've seen those given in terms of fouls, but uh, maybe the referees are taking a little bit of pity on us. But it was just great strength, in my opinion, and gets away and a really good finish. I think it was nice to go a little bit more direct. And I think that was the encouraging thing. When, when you've got pace up front, I think as a, as a forward, you want that ball played a little bit quicker sometimes because you know you've got the beating of a defender. So I know that I can outpace that defender and you know, you, you do your homework on teams and know what their strengths are. And I think yesterday we knew that they were probably a little bit slower than other teams that we've played against. So I would want the ball played as quickly as you can. It's a shoulder charge. And I think he's, he's been lucky to get away with that. But, you know, some games you will, some games you won't. But if you don't take your chances, then, you know, you, you never know. So it's good to see. And, um, you know, you, you put your money on him there to, to finish that off. And 
you know, that's that's the way I like to see us playing a little bit more and saying about going a little bit more direct. I think sometimes we have to go forward a little bit quicker. I think that was the encouraging thing yesterday that we did play from the back a little bit quicker. And, you know, you're not going to score if you don't get forward as quickly as you can. And I think sometimes we, you know, we play around a little bit too much around the back or midfield, just get it forward sometimes quicker. And, you know, yeah, people might say you're a bit, a little bit more direct, but then we've got to do what we can at the moment to win games and, you know, get up the table. And if that means that we've got to change our way and, you know, we've got more players going forward, then get the ball to those players a lot quicker than we have been doing. Yeah, Matt, Maybe really refreshing, the- wasn't it, to see uh, a one-on-one with the with the goalkeeper, and also uh, Naki Wells. When you get him in those positions, you're quite confident he's going to hit the target. And and it's not, excuse me, any goalkeeper. Rudd is a, an imposing sort of goalkeeper. He's Big a, a, lad, exactly. <laughs> and, and the kind of goalkeeper we've never really had that imposing. I mean, I I can think probably Jan Moller back in the the, the day was a big big sort of unit, but. It's not easy to get past. I agree with you. When I looked at it back on the TV, I think the first is a shoulder charge. And I think then the defender's legs kind of get a little bit tangled up with, with Nackies and he strides forward. But it was a, a really good finishing off the post. Um, and in, important to go 2-0 like that did, did feel like you had a little bit of a comfort sort of gap that you could start to play. Um, and again, with what Jason's saying, I think Naismith being in the, the midfield as he was yesterday, that helped to get the ball forward because he naturally, his first thought is kind of a forward, sometimes a bit too much of a worldie, but he's looking to go forward. Whereas maybe with, with James, he's a little bit more look after the ball, calm things down. So that I think that was a difference as well yesterday. I just want to pull you up on one thing there. Mm. We have had a goalkeeper like that, actually him. John Ruddy. He played one game for Bristol okay, City. Yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very good. Twenty first of April, two thousand and seven. Yeah. Who was he on loan from? Uh, I haven't got that information in front of me, I but think it was an emergency loan, I maybe believe. Norwich. Oh, Wolves. Yeah. No, it wouldn't have been Wolves. He went to Wolves. I think it was Norwich. Yeah. Yeah, it was an emergency yeah, was. loan. Um, yeah, you're right. So, so yeah, and he's actually from St Ives as well. Who is he? It might be St Ives Cambridge. Probably though, who St knows? Ives Cambridge. I would think <laughs> Norwich. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, just but I think one thing yesterday from um, from what I saw was because we played three up top. Every time it went to the keeper, we closed down so quickly. Yes, so it, and and that leads to him kicking the ball, slicing it, yeah. slicing. Yeah, and you you yeah. saw that time and time point. again. Especially second half, it was um, you know, and I, I think that that's obviously the benefit of us playing a little bit further forward. Yeah, that's a good they point. Could, they could never settle and the back lads, you know, I didn't see them playing out of the back very often either. No. So I think, we, you know, that's that's obviously, you know, a bonus as well for us that, you know, if we if we play further up, we can make sure that we can get the ball back a little bit quicker because of, you know, the clearances going to our players or out of play and we're back on the front foot again. Yeah, yeah very good point. point. Uh, 23rd minute, Scott is away after nutmegging a defender um, and he just delays his pass or you could argue Semenyo has drifted too far forward because he's in an offside position. Um, and Semenyo is actually looking across the line, Matt, at that point. I was really surprised to see him drift offside. Yeah, I was. I, I, like you said, whether he'd anticipated it coming slightly sooner. Um, again, an unbelievable bit of skill from Scott. Um, the the confidence to do that. Um, and maybe the talk, I mean, he's, he's going to know the talk around him. Um, his agent will be in his ear um, and the club will probably be talking to him about bids that they've received 
Um, but visibly, you could see his confidence yesterday. He did, for me, look looked a, a much different player than he has done the last sort of six, seven weeks, really. Yeah, I mean, after after as you say, the last sort of six six games, he's yeah. he's been struggling to get into the game yeah. and making a few a few bad decisions, etc. Yeah. And you you could kind of sort of think maybe things are getting to him a little bit in terms of yeah. the speculation, etc. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't, um, and I know you're you're not implying. It, I'm certainly not implying that it's any kind of big time Charlie type scenario. I think no. it just it's bang to impact you. But yeah, yesterday I thought. I thought he was really, and in fact, I was surprised he was taken off when he was, whether that was because of the booking and, you know, he had run his legs as well. But when the change came, I thought Naismith looked like the one who probably was struggling a little bit more. But yeah, as you say, maybe with Antoine and Jason's far better to talk about it, you know, looking along the line and trying to time your run, yeah, it must be quite difficult. Go on, Jason, give us your insight on uh, running the line. <laughs> running the line. Um, I think with him, because of his pace, he doesn't need to. I think mm. he, you know, as um, as a defender, you you've just got to, you know, it's it's all about time, as you said, and the players that are going to pass through or players that are going to keep hold of it a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, I suppose, you know, some some players have got pace, some haven't. You know, you want the ball a little bit quicker, I think. Yeah, they want yeah they want the ball a little bit quicker, and you know they they will make that movement past the defender, and if they don't get it, then you know, it's frustrating as a forward because you've got to then come back and try and get it again. Yeah. But you, your run you've made automatically is to is to break the lines. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, yeah, as I said, that comes with, you know, playing with players a bit more regularly and formations as well. So, yeah. you know, and, and I think with, you know, with our strikers, they're always looking to play on that last man with Naki as well. Um, and you just think, well, you know, but I think also when he scored his goal, Naki, he would have been close on the last man as well. So yeah. that probably could have gone either way as well if he didn't time his run. And some defenders will step up. Some will some will naturally haven't got the pace to be able to deal with, you know, with forwards and they're quite clever. We don't see it as much nowadays that, you know, they pay a, a quite a, a solid back line and they'll mm. step up. Where in many years ago, you'd, you'd see defenders doing that. Because the old Arsenal, got, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so we, yeah, you don't, yeah. That, that comes to mind as well, actually. But you know, it's it's just about you know if you have got a bit of pace, you have got to you know see be be very clever against yeah. defenders. And um, there's there's a sort of a knack to it, really. And I think the more the guys play up front, they're still they're still quite young, aren't they? Well, not Naki, but um, Antoine, he's learning his game still. So yeah. I think that will come um, more relevant. And if he does move on, if it does happen, then um, that's something that you'll have to learn. Um, as well, because defenders will be a lot cuter and a lot quicker, sharper and fitter. Yeah. In okay. that, in, in, in. Into the 33rd minute, four City players are unable to get the ball from Bakuna and Birmingham are away. Dini to Chong and Cam Pring brings down Chong. And then Dini smashes home the penalty, celebrates in front of the south stand and receives a special greeting in return. Um, Matt, it was, uh, yeah, four, four players trying to get the ball off of uh, Bakuna, he's he's away, and then you know it's it's good play from Chong and Cam has to make the challenge, and unfortunately it's a penalty. Yeah, I mean it was disappointing that Bakuna came away with the ball like he did. I don't know which four it was. I'm assuming Sykes Tanner were two because of where it was. Yeah, James um, and someone else. Yeah, it 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 was disappointing that he got away like he did. The, the ball into Chong, sort of Pringy had come across, and then Chong had sort of plenty of space. He's a very, very good player at this level, Chong, um, X-Man U. Um, 
I think they signed permanently in the summer. Um, but I, it always impresses me whenever we play against them. Um, and and he just foxes Cam, doesn't he? He goes to go one way, comes the other way, and, and it's a clear penalty. Um, obviously, it's a book in. In terms of the penalty, um, I was disappointed in Max O'Leary. And the reason I say that is Troy Deeney's penalty is to smash it down the middle. Now, you've got to be brave as a goalkeeper to stand there because he smashes it. <laughs> but if you do your homework, which I'm sure every goalkeeper in this day and age does, you must know that that's Troy Deeney's stock penalty. He doesn't He doesn't look, he doesn't see what the keeper's doing. He smashes it down the middle. And Max dived. And I, and I, I thought that was, that was poor from his... Um, anticipation or expecting of what, what Deeney would do if they if they got a penalty. Um, but as I said, I mean, it might have taken his head off and, and maybe that was part of it because he does <laughs> smash when you watch it back. But um, yeah, it, that, that was my only criticism of that. I think it's knowing what players do, do your homework and yeah, you, you know that he's going to do that. And Max actually is a good penalty saver. I've seen him yeah. save at least at least two, I think, um, yeah. in his 50 appearances, 51 now. Um, right, 40th minute, James finds Pring, who shoots with power, well saved, and then Semenyo fires a cross goal and no one was on the end of it. Cam Pring scored his first goal for Bristol City recently, Jason, and if he can start adding more shooting opportunities into his game you know we've seen we see joe bryan um in a few years back starting to add more goals to his game as well as what campering does get into the get into the byline getting the crosses in etc be it being a menace i think campering is uh yeah developing really well in that regard as well yeah i think yesterday if if he'd hit it hard and low that would have uh that would have gone in because we we were right behind that and um I think it was a real comfortable height for the keep for the keeper. And on another, on another day, you wouldn't have that luxury of missing a chance like that. So I think that's down to the coaching team now to think, right, he's going to play in a more advanced position. So let's work on his, his finishing a little bit more. You know, his defending is um, you know, his his attacking's really, really good. But let's work on, you know, let's get him out with the strikers. You know, if that's gonna add more goals to the team, then why not do a bit yeah. more work with him as a as a more advanced player. Um, and, you know, he's, we know he's got the pace to get in the box. And I think yesterday, it was probably the first time, you know, we had the conversations about players committing players in the box. And yesterday, when Cameron went into the box a couple of times, I thought he was going to get taken down. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, they, 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 their legs were out and they were going to take him down. So that's such a good thing for us to see that we've got players committing players. And, you know, the reason we haven't, maybe score penalties in the past is because we don't commit players as much as we can in the box. Yeah. And yesterday was the first time for a while that I thought, right, we've committed these defenders and we might get something called or a little nick, but yeah. you know, he's got away from them. They're frightened to death to touch him because they know that he would get a penalty. So let's work on his forward play a little bit more in and around the box um, and develop him that way. Yeah. You know, and that, that's the way I would see it with him. You know, let's take a step further and, um, and let's work with the with the forward players as well as well it's, as the defenders. So yeah. you know you've it's got it. a good player, you've got a decent, you know, you've got a decent athlete there, someone that you know works his socks off for the team. Um, and then you know when you talk about players and future prospects at the moment, you would think if you came and were looking at Alex Scott and Semenyo, all of a sudden you'd think, hmm, this lad, like <laughs> yeah, this lad's quick, strong. Yeah commits players in the box, you know, he's, he's yeah. an up and back. And I think, you know, if he adds that to his game as well, the finishing side of things, then 
you know, who knows? That's, is, that's another yeah. player we're talking about. It's, it's funny, isn't it? It's it's that left-back position again, that left-wing-back position. Seems over the years a, a position that we, we seem to unearth these gems. Um, if you could get Kane Wilson back fit and in the side and, and playing with confidence, I mean, you know, he, he, the step-up has proved quite a challenge at the moment. You know, we've seen sort of glimpses. But if you could have someone like Cam on the other side... Um, then again, what what a prospect, isn't it? Because that's not George Tanner. George George isn't one that's going to sort of burst in like that. Although we did see it early on. Yeah, I was going to say we we have Peterborough. So maybe that's a confidence thing. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. Yeah, sorry. I I think it's a fitness thing as well. With because George yeah. has come in and not played that many games. I think you see once they start playing games because yeah. not not no disrespect to the um the under twenty ones, but they're not going to get that type of um physicality no, um, and, and players are training all the time. The only way they're going to get fit is by playing in that first team. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to take a few weeks like, like Antoine, you know, he's, you know, by playing him more and more, he's, he's, he's got better and better, I think yeah, from he has. when he started in the side. And I think, you know, with George and, you know, I, I was one that I played a few games and then was taken out, you know, but I need to play games. I need to get yeah. confidence. I need to know what, the team are doing and you just get your fitness from that. And I think hopefully we're seeing the rewards of George by playing more games. You know, he's getting fitter and fitter and feels more confident because yeah. if you're in and out for you know one game and then you're left out for another game, you don't get that consistency. So yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's encouraging now that he's, you know, he seems to have sort of nailed down that spot for. for he has, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he has. It's good to see. Okay, let's hear from uh, Rose at the Former Players Association. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Right, the halftime summary from Rob. 4-3-3, winning at halftime. Both rare, spot the correlation. Why is it taking so long? Two good goals for us. Pring showing his worth with dangerous crosses and an incisive pass through to Wells for his well-taken second. Shame about their riposte. Pring clearly brought the man down after good skills from them, but started with good work in midfield from Deeney. I predicted the pen would go down the middle. Shame Max did not. Need to stay on the front foot and be positive in the second half. If so, we may get that oh-so-rare Saturday home win. Um, and the halftime stats, Matt, 60-40 Bristol City, six shots each, three on target for City, two for uh, Birmingham, three corners to one for City and four fouls to six. So possession was going our way. And yeah, we were 
in the game, very much so. But at two one, you know, never know what's going to happen in the second half. No, you don't, and and um, it's it is one of those funny scorelines, two one, and it you know the, there's the next goal is is so important in a game. One thing I will say as well um, in that first half, I thought Zach Viner was outstanding. Um, for a, and we keep saying it, and I, I don't even know why we carry on saying it, other than the fact I think there's still some noise out there about Zach Viner. Um, but I thought he, the way that he played against Troy Deeney yesterday, having I can't remember whether he was substituted in the away game up there um, because of the the sort of the the way that Deeney played against him. Certainly the year before, he, he had a bit of a torrid time. Um, against Djokovic, I think. But I thought Viner was outstanding yesterday, um, and in particular in that first half. The way that he anticipated and swept up at times was brilliant. Yeah, just looking to see. No, it wasn't this season. Right. Um, Lee's three words we missed out at the start. Blues bombarded brilliantly. So thank you very much to Lee. Sp- sp- sponsored by Rob Blaney. <laughs> yeah, get get back to work, Lee. Right, forty seventh minute. It's another goal. Scott inside to Pring, who dances through three Birmingham defenders, squares to Sykes, who steers home left footed Matt. Well, I was so pleased with so many aspects of that. Uh, the simple ball from Scott Pring driving into the box. Mark Sykes in the right place at the right right time to steer it home. Just, I mean, again going back to what Jason was saying, but the way that Pring moved the ball in the box, was Joe Bryant-esque, you know, good good feet, great strength. They were scared to actually make the challenge. Um, but then he, he he picks a ball out because it's not smashed across the byline like it was for for Semenya's goal or across the six-yard box. He picks out Sykes. Um, and yeah, good, good, good finish from Sykes getting in there. It, it was funny from Sykes yesterday. He scored two goals, um, probably didn't do enough with the balls into the box when he got possession wide right and, and came in. And I kept screaming, stay wide, like get the ball wide. <laughs> and obviously he scores because he's come in as he should have done. So hence the reason why I'm doing a podcast and not coaching. Um, but yeah, it was good. Good for him. Good for his confidence. Cause you've met him. He's a lovely lad, Mark Sykes. Um, we were so impressed with him in preseason playing forward. And, and I think he was asked after the game. Um, I don't know if it was Richard or Ed that, that were doing the interviews after the game, but he was asked about sort of where he prefers to play. And, and he said he, he he wasn't brought here to play right wing back. Um, so even from his own point of view, if you know you're playing a position that's not what you want to, where you want to play, that must have an impact. So it was great, great for him yesterday. Um, just a shame he didn't get the third really, wouldn't it? But yeah. Absolutely. Uh, 56 minute, Viner drives forward. A heavy second touch rather fortunately finds Alex Scott, who feeds Sykes and his cross is blocked. So Sykes obviously tails up, starting to get some more, more crosses in, but that one was blocked on that occasion. But you mentioned Zach Viner there, Matt. I'll come to Jason on this one. Uh, a player that was seemingly out of uh, the bus station and on his way probably a year ago, I don't know exactly, but um, he's come back and is now one of the first names on the team sheet and starting to to drive forward as well. Yeah, and I think it just proves that, you know, if, you, if you're determined and, you know, he had a, you know, a lot of doubters, as you said, and, you know, couldn't have done very good for his confidence, you know, when people thinking that, you know, and, and, and players, I don't know when they read, you know, social media, etc. but you are going to get wind of stuff. And I think from his point of view, He's, you know, he, I, I've never met the guy, but he must, you know, he must be a good, hard lad because, you know, it could could have gone the other way. And it's yeah. easy to get a move out of that division. 
and play at a lower level potentially, which you know he could have probably shut up shop and thought, right, my future's not at the club. Um, and to come back and to be, you know, very, very consistent now, that's yeah. the way I'd see it. And, you know, it, it's we, we were people were picking on him if there was a goal that was going in, oh, it's Viner's fault, you know. Yeah. It's, it all seemed to be down to down to Zach Viner, but you know, all credit to him. You know, he seems he's strong, he's a good athlete, you know, he reads the game well, and I think even his distributions got so, better. I think yeah, he definitely something that he's probably worked on himself. So, you know, at the moment, you know, Nigel's picking him week in, week out. And I think for his confidence, that must mean the world to him. And yeah, we yeah. talk about players and confidence. And, you know, I'm a big believer in that, that, you know, you need to feel loved at a club. And, you know, now he's turned the corner. Hopefully fans all now, you know, understand what a decent player is. And if you had to try and replace him in the team, then, you know, you're talking probably quite a few hundred thousand pounds that the club have got to spend. Um, yeah. And I think just just stick with him. You know, he's been moved around the back quite a bit. So from centre-half to right-back and, you know, but I think as a, as a centre-back, he's done he's done really well. And I think, you know, long may it continue with him and just yeah. you know, keep persevering with him and, you know, just keep playing him. It's, just... yeah. it's interesting because his contract's obviously up in the summer. Um, and so there will be other clubs in the championship that are, are bang to be looking at him because his consistency is there. Um, he's arguably, he's certainly in the top three or four um, for player of the year this year um, because of his performances. So, yeah, I, I hope he's one, and I'm sure that he is, but I hope he's one of the players that they've offered terms to um, and, and they're waiting on. And he's well, not going to be on massive money, you wouldn't think, Zach, would you? Um, yeah. Because of, you know, the fact he's, he was loaned out to Rotherham for a good period, Aberdeen for a good period. So, yeah. I think, I'm not sure. However, um, Zach... Have we got an option? Zach, Max and Andy King have all got one-year options, I, I right? believe. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I imagine that will be definitely triggered. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, 62nd minute, Tanner wins the ball back really well, feeds some Menyo, whose hard cross is too close to the keeper. And then 64th minute, Max rushes out to close down oh, the number... Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> to close down the number 17, um, whose name, I think it's Kedra, isn't it? Kedra, yep, yep. Comes out to close down Kedra and blocks the shot. However, yep. it was one where he probably, oh, it was a tough one. Should he should he stay or should he go, Matt? Well, I think I think if, if, if you have to sort of watch it back, and I don't know if it is on the highlights, probably not. But no. I think even in his own mind, he doesn't know whether he should have stayed or should have gone because he kind of goes. Quite then he far stops. out, isn't it? On yeah, the left. Then he stops and then he goes again. And and then he realizes that there's there's you know no one behind him and he commits himself to spread himself. And I guess in some ways fortunate that you know the ball doesn't hit his hand or anything, because if it does, then he's gonna struggle, isn't he? But um yeah, it was um it was in, in the end it was a really good save, wasn't it? Yeah, it's that hesitation that just needs yeah. to be cut out, isn't it? If if you're gonna go. Go. go if you're not yeah. if you're not going to go stay but uh, but again this from a from a goalkeeper's point of view it's probably the, the 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 one area of the pitch where that's more applicable than anywhere isn't it you know do i go for a cross do i stay mm. do i come out or not and yeah you know as, as it was he got it right didn't he he, he blocked it and we, we came mm -hmm. away with the ball absolutely right 66 minute it's 4-1 sykes after Semenyo terrorises down the left-hand side and squares the ball, Sykes again in the right place at the right time. Um, and Jason, we've we've called for it for a while, for Semenyo to do more of that, just knock it past the man, use your power, use your pace. Um, and that worked to great effect yesterday. And Sykes again, the benefactor. 
yeah, he, I think when when he does that, you can't. There's no stopping him, is there? You know, he, he's done it a couple of times in the game and um, just used your strengths, you know, and, and be confident to do it, you know, and and it's a little drag to the side, a couple of pieces away, and um, it's just the end product sometimes with um, which we saw in the, a little bit later on in the game, but just yeah, do it, just work to your strengths. And then, as I said earlier, you know that if players are capable of doing that, get yourself in the box. And I think that's a credit to uh, Mark Sykes that yeah. he gambled on that. Um, I think Naki was close to it as well. And when you look at other players in the box, I've looked at it back and there was, including Semenya, there was five players in their box. Yeah. So, and 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 you, you're going to get a ricochet, you're going to get, you know, something's going to fall to someone, you know, if the luck's going with you. And, and Alec um, and Mark was there, just a, another tap-in. So, you know, if, if if there's anything to take out of that, from Mark Sykes' point of view, it's just getting that box because you've got the players that can, whether that's Campering, Antoine, can um, can produce that. Then there's plenty of goals there for whoever plays in that in that position. So yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting one as well, Jason. Again, listening to Nigel Pearson after the game, he was sort of asked about Mark Sykes and sort of said, you know, how well he did, etc. And and Pearson said, yeah, but even at right wing back, he should be getting into the box and in those same positions from the crosses coming in from the left. So maybe it's a a, a mind thing that yep, mindset. I, it's all yeah, about I'm, mindset. I'm, I'm playing further forward, yeah. So I've got the license, and he's not then worrying about what he's got to do the other way so much. Yeah. Um, the other thing with that goal as well, um, having watched it back. Campering dummies the ball. The ball gets played across. Now he's not going to be able to do anything with it anyway, but he does sort of dummy over the ball, and that takes the defender away a little bit. Um, but Sykes is you'll know Jason, but it, it's not necessarily an easy finish. It's on his left mm. foot, and he's mm. got to just make sure that he find you know gets the right contact and, and puts in the net. You've seen plenty of players, you know, miscue that and, and mm. things like that. So it was a good, good finish, good finish from him. Matt, and the fact we were actually four-one up. As well. Yep. Not, did, you, not, did you have to pinch yourself? I did, but still didn't <laughs> think we were winning the game. Genuinely, <laughs> even at four-one, maybe because of you know how I, I, I am fearful of a, a, a real relegation battle. Um, and certainly, if we do lose Semenya or Scott in the transfer window, um, that that worries me. And we'll we'll talk about the transfer window at the end. But um, yeah, even at four-one, I thought, oh. If they get the next goal, that's going to be nervy, which obviously we're going to talk about. I think just and, that's and just thinking, that's just years gone. Years maybe gone, exactly, gone, and, and recent I, years gone by, I should say. I think this season. I mean, at four-one, the game should be done, shouldn't it? You should yeah. be able to see that out. But there was still what, what minute did you say that was? Sixty-six. Sixty-six. Yeah. yeah. So there's still, there was still plenty of time in the game, wasn't there? Sixty-eighth minute, we did lose Alex Scott um, in a substitution for for Joe Williams, and I think that was a great substitution in that we were four-one up. He's, yeah. um, you know, needs to be kind of protected a little bit. And also, I think Joe Williams coming into the midfield just to shore it up and be a little bit more defensive minded, if you like. Yeah. Um, I, I would have gone good... Naismith. I thought Naismith was looking really leggy. Yeah. Um, but there, again, I, you know, there could have been other things with, with Scott. And as you say, perhaps protecting him a little bit. Yeah. 69th minute, James passes to Semenyo. Sorry, James pass to Semenyo is cut out. Um, right, start that bit again. Joe Williams' pass to Semenya is cut out, but Williams makes up for it really well with a flying tackle cool, and then yeah. sets Semenya away, but it comes to nothing. Um, Jason, we, we've we been calling out for a midfielder to come in and replace the likes of Tommy Doherty, Marvin Elliott, Paul Hartley, 
Joe Williams for us was going to be that person. It's been stop start for him in terms of injury. And he's definitely shown that he can be that player that we want him to be. Yeah, but as you said, you, he needs to be playing games and needs to be fit. Um, and if you get a run of games, then you know you're you're more established in the team. Um, and you know, once again, get a bit more confidence. But you know, it's just having that leader in the middle, isn't it? It's just having a bit of steel in there. And I think sometimes we lack a little bit of steel looking around the pitch or or a proper leader. And I think that's what the clubs missed over the years. And yeah. you know, we we need to try and find that leader again. You know, that's going to pick all the players up. And, and I think Naismith probably yesterday, he's quite, seems quite an influential character around the, mm. the club. And I think by putting him in there and he did, he did run out of steam because it was a slightly different position to what he's used to. But yeah. I can see him and Joe Williams is a great character. And I think, you know, yeah, he needs a run of games. He needs to be fit. And I don't think, yeah, we've seen glimpses of how good he is, but I don't think we've probably seen the best of him. And, you know, Matty James in there, just steady, isn't he? Does a, does a really good job. Um, never really going to set the world alight. Probably does a lot of stuff that goes unnoticed. Um, but, yeah, it's just having that other person with him. I'd like, like to see a little bit more steel in there and maybe a, some sort of ball player that, you know, gets gets stuck in as well. Someone like the guy from uh, the Barry Banners of this world. Just someone that can, you know, is quite clever and can set up play in midfield as well. Well, your 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 team in the glorious 89-90 season was uh, Dave Rennie and Gary Shelton. Yeah, so they they were all right. they're all over the you know and you know you wouldn't you wouldn't get much out of them too, especially Gary Shelton. He'd be, he'd be all over the pitch, you know, just the, just driving force in midfield. So you know, it's just I said it's just finding those people, and you know, you've got you either got to discover them or you know, we we haven't got the money to pay for them, but. Mm-hmm. Let's, have, we, have we got anyone in the under 21s that is, you know, that would that would could do a yeah. job in there? I'm not sure. But, okay, yeah. 76 minute, it's 4-2. Sykes loses out, and the ball is threaded through to Kedra, who slots home on his debut mat. And someone who was a potential target for for us comes on and finishes really well. Yeah, I mean, it it seems as though from what Pearson has said about him. Um, I mean, he, he talks about him when he was at Sheffield United being surprised that he was subbed um, earlier on in the season. And then um, he's been talked about in a couple of the press conferences, hasn't he? And said that, yeah, they would be talking to him or to his representatives, whether we did or not, who knows? Um, Sykes will be disappointed to to lose the ball where he did. Um, but it was all a little bit too easy then, wasn't it? I mean, mm. he's kind of lost the ball. I don't know where George Tanner is in the mix. Um, Zach has to sort of come across... But it was a good finish. It was a quality finish from the bloke, wasn't it? So, yeah. um, but as I said earlier on, then when it goes to four two, I'm thinking, oh god, if they get the next one, it's really going to be squeaky. Bumps I can on. pick. I can pick you out. Obviously, of the south stand. I know exactly yeah. where you, where you sit, and I could just yeah. see your body language of worry. Oh, was, yeah, exactly. I was completely. <laughs> I was shivering as well. To be fair, but <laughs> um, right, seventy eighth minute. Uh, Naki Wells comes off. Sam Bell comes on. We seemingly go more four four two at this point, um, and. Every time Sam Bell comes on, I am just sat there just praying that something's going to fall for him. He's going to get that opportunity. That that first goal um, in the first team, Jason, and I think he just needs that to have that confidence to say, right, this is this is where I need to be. Yeah, and he's undoubted ability because he, you know, he's he's a he scores goals in the under twenty one for fun, doesn't he? So you think. 
you know, he's got to turn that into um, into opportunities now in the first team because they'll start to run out. Yeah. Being honest, you'll only get certain opportunities to, to be put on or start a game. And I just think with him, I don't know whether it's it's a confidence thing with him. I think it probably is that he hasn't scored and he just needs that you know, monkey off his back. And you just think, let's, you know, and I, I don't know, he did... As a, as a striker, I think he needs a little bit more coaching as well. I, don't, I sometimes don't think he's physical enough, mm. being honest. I know he's a, a willing runner, but there's a big step up between that and and what he's playing in the um, in the championship. So, you know, perhaps he needs to sort of get a bit more strength. Um, but we haven't got a lot of, a lot of choice at the moment with what we're choosing as as backup. So they're going to persevere with him. But I just think he needs a, a little bit more development as well physically because he tends to get knocked off quite easily um of the ball that's yeah. that's what i see and yeah. he's just trying too hard at the moment so yeah. you know i think but if he's, he's just got to get in the right places you know that's what that's the way i see it. he's got to get he's, yeah. those goals that we score like the semenos the tappings and stuff like that just don't do as much work outside the box just get yourself in the box in those dangerous areas and people will find you Matt, it's uh, 18 appearances now, 15, sorry, five starts, 13 coming on as sub, obviously no goals, but it's it's got to come at some point, hasn't it? It sounds like he's going to be staying around for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's definitely highly rated. Um, we, we know from conversations we've had with Tins that they, they, they see a, a, a Bell-Conway partnership going forward, um, albeit I think the way that Tommy's been playing, you know, we'll, we'll do well to hold on to Tommy Conway. Um, sadly for Tommy, the injury has come at completely the wrong time and for us, but maybe from a club point of view, the way he'd been playing, um, you know, the January window comes and goes and we haven't got to worry about bids for Tommy. But I, I just feel with Sam, he's a player that that needs that League One lane for a season. Um, he needs to develop, exactly like Jason said, the physicality. There were a couple of moments yesterday where I sort of thought, you know, put, put your head in there, put hold your body there. And he would have developed something. Um, I said it last week, and I, and I don't mean this to sound um, disparaging to him at all, but he just comes on and he's like a Jack Russell for me, running after the ball, um, you know, almost kind of make a nuisance of yourself, but but not in a controlled, knowing what he's doing. And as Jason that, says, that might be box. what he was, when he came can, on, can, he was probably told just to yeah. run around as much as you can. Well, I, 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 I know the famous quote from, from Lee Johnson to Antoine Semenya once was, um, just go on and make a nuisance and run around, kind of, guess, yeah, and where, then get but, sent off. But but where? Well, just just run around. Oh, great, great coach. <laughs> yeah, he got, I think he got sent off he in that is, game yeah, as well. <laughs> Derby, I think, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah. He, um, so I, you know, Sam is going to be around now, and and certainly with with Andy Vyman and Tommy Conway's injuries, yeah. um, we you know what have we got? Surprising for me with their injuries that Chris Martin went on the bench yesterday as well. So that yeah. that I think probably speaks volumes in terms of a move away for Chris. Yeah, he was um, stood on the balcony of the players. Was it? Players yeah. lounge. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was surprised at, at that one. Um, yeah. Again, you, you never know. There could be a niggle or anything, but you felt it was probably the sort of game yesterday at four two. Chris Martin coming on to hold the ball up might not have been a bad option yesterday, might it? So yeah. Eighty fourth minute, uh, Naismith does come off for Jada Silva, and sitting where I sit in the Lansdowne stand, it's always quite um, entertaining watching Nigel Pearson request someone to come on as a substitute because right. Jada Silva sat down. Nigel Pearson turns around and shouts, "Jay, come on, get on the pitch!" You know that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. And Jay sort of just sat there thinking, 
all right, give me a ch- give me a chance to take my coat off. <laughs> pretty, he's pretty laid back though, Jay, isn't he? So it's yeah. kind of, all right, gather uh, in my own time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it was brilliant. It's so, yeah. so funny to see. And Matt, we do ride out the storm and uh, five minutes of injury. Seven, no, seven? Was it uh, seven? Seven, minutes? yeah. Seven, seven yeah. minutes of, of injury time. Um, and it's 4-2 home win. Uh, as I say, first one on a Saturday since Hull at the end of last season. Yeah. And yeah, take us through to your ratings and which we'll is talk a surprising, surprising stat in itself, isn't it? You know, we because we have had some good performances this yeah. year, but sort of highlights it. So just not on a Saturday. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Max, I've gone six. I thought it was a, a good performance for Max. I mean, I know we conceded two, but a couple of times he came and punched the ball um, with the, sort of dangerous crosses. Did perhaps get away with one with that block, but did still make the block. But, um, you know, m- maybe, you, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a seven. And as I said, the penalty, I do think that he should have done his homework in, and stood there and took one in the face. Um, Zach Viner, I went eight. I thought Zach, as I said, I thought it was a really good performance. I don't apportion any blame to him for either of the goals. Um, and I thought I thought it was a, a, a really good um, up there for man of the match sort of talking. Um, in terms of Zach Viner. Um, Mark Sykes, I went eight. And and it was a difficult one with Mark because I think when he got in the wide positions, as I said, I didn't think he did enough with his end product. Um, I started off by putting a seven because I also blamed him for the second goal um, and thought he should have done more. But then I thought, do you know what? He scored two goals. Um, he's got in the box on numerous, you know, numerous sort of... Um, um, periods throughout the game and actually he's not played in four games so again first time know, we've seen him in his almost it, correct his, position I'm, I'm sure it is this season he may have moved there in in certain games not not that I can recall in all honesty but yeah so I went I went eight for Mark um George Tanner I went six I thought George George is doing what George does he's steady he's consistent doesn't really make any rickets at the back he defends well throws his body perhaps doesn't doesn't do so much going forward in terms of crosses and, and getting into the box himself. Um, but, you know, as we say, six is what we expect. So it's not not a negative from that point of view. Um, Carl Naismith, I went seven. We still get from Carl what we get when he's playing at the back. Um, he will still give the ball away at times. He still loves a Cruyff turn, doesn't he? But um, I think he, he showed... And that there are, you know, in fairness, lots of fans have been talking about him playing in midfield and, and it being an option. And maybe this is where Nigel Pearson suffers a little bit with his stubbornness. Um, because you do think, had we gone to a four, had Naismith played in that position, maybe we might have picked a couple more wins up. But, you know, it goes I think back Cal to came out himself and more or less said he wanted to play in he the, did. In the yeah, defense. That's where he's, yeah, that's where he sees him playing in, in defense. But, um, you know, I'd be interested in, in sort of Jason's views on, on Naismith because I think. So much of what we start, and, and I think you said, Jason, you've sort of played as that pivot, um, but mm. so much of what's good from the, the front or the back to the front is through him, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the more that he plays further forward, he's he's got that opportunity yeah. to not, if he makes a mistake in, in, the, in the midfield, then it's, it's not punished as much as at the back, yeah. where he takes a risk every now and again. Um, but if you give him a few games in there to see how he develops... Because it's going to be new to him again. He's, you know, he's just fight, he's still finding his feet at the club, isn't he? Yeah. Um, for being a new signing, so you know, I, I I really rate him. I think he's he's exciting because he's something that we haven't had for a long time. Even when he plays at the back, it's someone that 
you know, takes a little bit of a risk, um, opens play out, you know, with his ability to pass. Um, and he's quite, he's exciting to watch. So I think, you know, he, he made a big difference for us yesterday. I thought because of that formation change, I think it was a sort of a bit of a masterstroke really putting him in there. Um, and, you know, hopefully we keep a consistent and keep the same side next game because I yeah. think he'll thrive in there. And it's, it's obviously fitness is a bit of an issue because of being injured for a while. Mm, yeah. So he's just getting finding his feet again. And, you know, maybe it is the next game. You give him another 70 minutes or whatever. But I just think, um, you know, he's 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 working progress, isn't he, as, uh, yeah. as, as a player and, and finding his best position, I suppose, what fits yeah. in with our, with our team. And, you know, of course, we're a, bit, a little bit stronger at the back now with, you know, Atkinson coming back in as well. And I think, you know, that good sense of partnership, him and Zach. Yeah. I think you can afford to take a bit of a gamble on players. And, you know, because we haven't got a big squad at the moment, I think you've got to play players that, you know, you think can do a job in different areas. And it's nice to see that, you know, Nigel is, is confident enough and will we'll play players. And, that, and Nigel, yeah. Nigel said in the week as well, you have, you have to remember, he started out as a winger, Matt. Well, I had, I had a, a bet on with Rob Skeets, didn't I? That he'd, he'd have to buy me five pints or whatever it was for, not in the one game, to be fair. But if Naismith played left wing... And he came over to me and said, oh, um, I he went five, left midfield, didn't he? I owe you five pints. I went, what? He went, oh, he's left midfield. I went, mm, he's not really playing left midfield, is he? And he didn't, <laughs> did he? He played sort of central. So, but yeah, that's when that's when he, he, I think Nigel saw that, you know, he was yeah. either, you know, not being effective or a run yeah. out of steam. That's when he shouted at Jada Silva. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th I think um, you said it last week, Patch. I mean, he, he the, when I look back, the two balls that he played last week were worldies. They were top draw. Um, the only thing with him now, he needs to sort of shoot an out when he gets into that area because everyone he seems to balloon at the moment. <laughs> only so, but yeah. yeah. Um, Rob Atkinson. Wait, wait, talking about, sorry, Matt. Talking about like shooting from outside the, at the box. We, we don't tend to. We don't tend to, do we? <laughs> we don't. We don't. You know, we get into yeah. those positions and then nobody wants to have a crack from outside the box. So, yeah. you know, I don't know the last time we scored a decent goal from. You know, worth, I think we were we were trying to think about it, weren't we, the other day, um, and and couldn't recall it. I mean, Zach probably had. It'd be interesting to see, but I bet Zach Viner's up there in terms of efforts from outside the box. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's not something that we we do that often. Yeah, I think you cry out sometimes that yeah, another, you know, it opens sure. up. Yeah. You, you know, I think the old philosophy: if they don't shoot, you don't score, do you? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, don't buy a ticket. Yeah. No. Yeah. And if anyone's uh, if anyone's listening and knows the answer to the question, when was the last time <laughs> Bristol City scored from outside the box? You can contact us on Twitter at three p i a p c or three p i a p c at gmail .com. and we'll read out the uh, the answer on the next podcast. Yeah, good show. Yeah. Um, I think we're being greedy now, aren't we? We'd... Yeah, we probably are. We've, got, we've won we'll four a... two. We'll, we'll want a penalty next. Nice goal that we won. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rob Atkinson, I went seven. I thought it was a, a solid performance from Rob. Um, again, his, his consistency levels are, are there. Um, and then on to Cam Pring. Um, and do you so know what? 73 I, I, out of 10. Do you know what? I, I was very, very close to a 10. And probably the penalty um, was the only downside. Well, I think he'd need to um, score as well. Yeah, but I just thought, and, and Pat, you did the um, our poll on... Yes, I did. And I, I can't remember what it was. It was, when I last looked, it was high 70s for Cam. Yeah, bear with. Keep, keep, right. keep going. Um, but for, for me, um, 
it was outstanding. It was a nine. I, I, as I was walking out, eighty-seven uh, percent for for Pring, yeah, um, which is unbelievable, isn't it? But that that kind of mirrors what I was hearing as I was walking out. I must have heard a dozen different groups of people saying, "Oh my God, I just how good was Cam Pring today," um, and he was. He was outstanding. It made me then think, and I've already seen people put it, well, you know, why was he under the bus, you know, or off the bus or whatever at the start of the season? We, we, you know, and, and I'll be one that has said that, but we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We don't know where Cam's fitness levels were or, or whatever it may have been. What you can say is that since Nigel Pearson's brought him back in, we are now starting to see a really strong, consistent level of performance from him. And he's doing something that, that we say, you know, we need to see from our, our midfielders as well. But he's influencing games in a, a really positive way. And yesterday, the biggest compliment I can play Cam yesterday was it reminded me all the world of Joe Bryan in his pomp yesterday. I thought it was a really, really good performance and and clearly man of the match. Yeah. Um, on to the it's midfield. Levels. Sorry, I mean, mate. Sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's fitness levels. To, to do the oh, work that he did yesterday, I'd be yeah. interested to see the stats for, for his... Um, how, how many kilometers he it's, ran? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one thing you pulled him up on that last it, season. It was. If you if you notice last season, he he was blowing after sort of 40, 50 minutes. Um, and so yeah, he's he's obviously worked on that. And and you know, probably huge credit to um, you know, the the, the backroom staff as well in getting that. But fundamentally, it's got to come down to him, hasn't it? He's got to put the work in. Um, and like you said, Jason, right at the start, he is a player that opposition clubs will start to look at, and you know. If you're struggling for that position in the Prem, he is mm. definitely a player that's an option. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah Midfield, um, I went seven for Matty James. Um, it, it's, it's funny, again, listening to Jeff afterwards, Matty James isn't going to catch your eye. He's not a, a, you know, that that sort of player. He's not someone like Joe Williams that you meet. You know, you can't probably recall yesterday too much of what Matty James did. Whereas immediately Joe Williams is on the pitch for 20 odd minutes and you can recall the the lunging, diving challenge that he made and then the ball of Semenyo. But I think that that's kind of Matty James really, isn't it? He's solid. Um, it gives you a, a basis to play from. I do, I, I'll say the same thing. I think sometimes it's a little bit slow in there. Um, but yesterday I thought I thought it was a good performance from him. So I went seven. And then alongside him, um, obviously we've, we've talked about Nesmith, but, but Alex Scott, I went eight which after a sort of run of a couple of fives um, and a six, I just thought, as I think as Jason said earlier, that it was his most impressive game. I mean, probably up there for the season, really, in terms of of what he was doing yesterday. Yeah, yes, that end product, but it, it was a game yesterday that you thought, yeah, you can you can really see why Prem clubs are interested in him. This this kid has absolutely got something. So, yeah, I went eight for Alex, and then the front two. Naki, I went seven, got his goal, worked, worked really, really hard. And then Antoine, I went eight, um, again, the goal, but I thought his, his assist and his, his all-round kind of play as well, yesterday for Antoine, um, was an eight. So like I said, pringy man of the match. And for Nigel, can't go anything other than an eight, really. You know, he got the formation, even if he doesn't really worry too much about formations. And we won 4-2, so yeah. Sorry, I missed Wells. Naki Wells, I went seven. Seven. Uh, so an a, a, average of uh, seven point three six for the the game. Seven point three six. Yeah, very good, very good. Right, let's read out some tweets. 
Uh, Chris Chard, good partnership building with Tanner and Sykes. Think Pring will be on the radar of other clubs soon. Uh, Shane O'Connor seems unfair on the others, but Pring was a different animal today. That left back position suits him so well. Um, we've got Joanna Bags, great win today. Everyone played well, campering exceptional. Formation worked to treat, and at times we looked comfortable. Uh, shout out to those in Dolman A, E32, who made lots of noise, which gave everyone a lift. Same again next week, please. We'll talk about that in a minute, Matt. Um, we've got one from Johnny P. Great performance today. Pace, power, winning second balls and great channel play, but also playing on the floor. How good has Campering been of late? Question mark. Naismith in midfield makes a difference too. Shame we have the cup game in the week with such a small squad. Again, we'll we'll cover that in a second. Um, Dean Allen, long overdue win for Bristol City against Birmingham today. Attacked with intent and looked more solid playing four at the back. The only wonder is why has it taken so long to adopt a formation that's more suited to our player players? Campering, excellent. Um, so yeah, a flavor of the tweets that we've had in Matt. And I'll just read on one from Del Bussy as well. Um, great win, excellent team performance. The balance of the team looked good. Interesting. Interested in what Sykes said post-match interview about the formation suiting the players. We took Birmingham apart going forward and Campering was unstoppable. Only slight negative was the play leading to Birmingham penalty when only one player came out with the ball on the halfway line when Tanner, Naismith and James outnumbered and lost two 50-50 tackles. Not sure what Sykes was doing for their second goal, but the manner of the win was great to see. Players looked like they really enjoyed it. Love Semenya when he's faced up one-to-one, breezing past players with ease. The atmosphere today was much better. Having block A and B in the Dolman stand was brilliant. Definitely helped the team today. Thought the fans played their part at both ends of the ground. Um, apparently, some season ticket holders were not ha- happy, however, as they couldn't sit in their seats. Matt, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, the atmosphere undoubtedly was better. I've said it for seasons. Great singing section, but it's a section. They should be almost split up and sent around the stadium to, to drive the atmosphere. What's your thoughts? I think yesterday, um, so so absolutely, if you're a season ticket holder in those blocks, um, then that there's an issue that has to be resolved there. But I think having that kind of atmosphere in that block, I mean, the A, the a block's always been um, the, the tasty block, if you like, where there's been a few sort of things over the years. Yeah. Um, Don't YouTube but, that, crikey. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But it, it definitely made a difference because when the Birmingham sort of fans chant, we had something to go back with at that end. I think in the south stand, you're at the opposite end. Um, and, and as you say, having it in both, you know, but both sort of ends of the pitch makes a difference. However, the club have got to look at it because you can't have season ticket holders that have played, you know, Absolutely 500 not. quid. No. Um, and not I, I actually saw some... some- I saw some people being moved to a different part of the stadium yeah. who were unhappy, and, 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 right, and rightly so. If and, they sat in your seat, Matt, you, you'd exactly, have a word to say. You, well, they wouldn't be sitting in my seat. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, people will have sat there for years and years. Um, so it, it's not right that that's the case. So they, they definitely need to look at that. And, and Jason, am I right? Do you, do you sit in the Dolman stand? Yeah, yeah. I know you're not a you're not a block, but yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not far away actually. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you're right with the atmosphere. It's it's always been that the away team take over, hmm. and um, you know when they've got a good following, there's you've got your your, your one block singing, 
and nothing else in and around the ground. And everyone's expecting that block to lift the whole ground. And it will happen sometimes when we're playing well, but sometimes when we're not playing as well, you still want you know, the supporters to get behind us as a team. So, you know, and it does, I'm always under the impression that, you know, we, we do get taken over and home so quiet and the yeah. players need it. And it, it does give you a boost when you have got a really good atmosphere at the stadium. And, and I'll say that from experience. That yeah, you've, you've felt that yourself as a professional. You've noticed yeah. the, yeah, the difference. Yeah, mate, mate, you know, and it was, it is, it does make a difference. And I, I think it is right to, to spit it. But as you said, if someone's kicking you out of your seat, then that, the club have got to deal with that and you know, make the right decisions for people. Because I know a lot of people that are Dolman stand ticket holders and are older, yeah. you, know, you know, in their 70s. And they've been going for years and years, sitting in the same seat. And, you know, they're, they're going to want their seat, aren't they? It's yeah, simple as that. They feel comfortable there. They're around there with the mates. You know, it's it's part of their Saturday afternoon to sit in that seat and it's a really difficult it's a really difficult one um for the club to sort out because as you say if if you've been sat there matt for 30 years why should you move it needs and it needs to be all or nothing almost doesn't it you can't exactly i mean i i don't i don't know i'm sure those that sit in a block as season ticket holders uh, as you know are used to an atmosphere there and the, the sort of people that will create that atmosphere um I think the fact that people couldn't get to their seats in other blocks from that end, mm. that's down to stewarding. That has to be... So maybe you put some more stewarding in there. Um, you know, you've, you've got to be careful because, you know, I think the the modern day... Um, I was going to say the modern day fan, but the modern day world is that people think I can do what I want to do and sit and stand where I want to stand or do whatever. So it, it, you don't want it to be confrontational, but they have certainly got to do something to work with um, with those fans groups, um, yep. you know, maybe with the supporters. Um, I see. And doing, it, trust. Sorry, and doing it in the middle of the season, is that the right thing to do? Do you not exactly. work the Well, I don't know. Is, is, is it something that is actually, has it just happened that some fans have gone there or has there been a... There was a bit of a campaign on Twitter in the week from some some right. sections I saw um, around let's make more of an atmosphere. And it's, I think it's, I believe it's fan led. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got to be done in the right, it's, right, right way. It's, it's almost no different than when you, when we all go to away games, you walk in, there's a steward there that says, yeah, you're no, no, that's the wrong block, mate. You've got to go back right there. <laughs> so, you know, it might get to that, but I'm sure there are areas of that block that are free. Um, or that they can work with but yeah it's not as Jason said in the middle of the season it's not right to do that yeah. you know we've had it before in fact I think we did it with the singing section didn't we where fans were who were season ticket holders were told you, you're going to need to find a new seat because this is going to be advertised as you know safe standing in and the singing section so yeah, yeah. and there, there are seats still available in the front rows as well yeah with, uh, Dolman so you know short term fill those up rather than yeah. fill the back up if it's going to yeah. upset people and then say look at it next season and if that's the decision to make that then at least it's a clear decision and people won't yeah. be able to you know they'll have to relocate you, you wonder whether the, from a, a stadium security and, and policing whether they would have something to say on that but I think at every ground I go to you've got how, how often do we see it where we've got netting between us and the away fans you mm. know even at the big grounds the West Broms you know um, those sort of grounds, Wolves, um, um, Birmingham. So you kind of think, yeah, but there's something that could be done there. They, they, you know, there's a gap there. We're not right next to the away fans, are we? Different entrances, etc. So yeah. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, 50 club appearances for Campering and a nine out of 10 man of the match performance. I think that just needs heralding a little bit. Um, someone said in one of those tweets about the next game, obviously the next game is a, is an FA cup replay. And then you've got another massive game on Saturday, Blackburn at home, Matt, obviously league is undoubtedly more important with the position we're in. Um, I'm picking up three points. What do you do with a limited squad for Tuesday slash Saturday? I, I think that's exactly it. It's a limited squad. Um, and, and you look at the bench um I'm not sure from a bench point of view yesterday, maybe Joe Williams could come in and start. Um, but, you know, you, you don't want to be resting Alex Scott. He's he's a youngster. He, he You know, he probably wants to play every game as well. Um, I'd be very surprised if we don't go with the same strong, the same um, same lineup on Tuesday. Nigel Pearson is, is a manager who likes to keep the, the consistency, isn't he? So, Maybe there might be one or two changes depending on any any sort of niggles or knocks. Maybe Thomas Callas might come into the equation on the bench. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see us making too many changes. As you say, Blackburn is certainly the, the more important of the two. But I'm not someone that goes, yeah, yeah, no, we'll we'll go out the cup. Um, no, exactly. But, yeah, you, yeah, you want to carry yeah. on. But you see, you do see another fans, home game. You see fans talk about it. Don't you say, no, no. You know, I'd rather get beat five nil and and win next weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, I would rather we win next weekend. If I had to choose one game to win, it would be next weekend's game. But I think, yeah, I, you know, in answer to your question, I think we'll probably go with a similar lineup. Um, I'd be very surprised if he changes it. Yeah, a view, a view from you, Jason, on that. Obviously, you'd like to you'd like to think we would be able to field the same team next Saturday that we fielded yesterday however what does that do to Tuesday's team if we pick up an injury or something you know it's a difficult decision to make yeah and I, and I think if you're if you're off the back of that result on Saturday everyone's buzzing aren't they the players are buzzing and they just want to play in the next game and yeah it is the risk of picking up an injury but I think you know Swansea may make a few changes to their team um, but I, I would just go for it you know, I just think, right, it's another game. Mm. You know, and if you always look at, you know, the negatives and think, oh, people might get injured, then, you know, perhaps that will happen. But let's let's go. Let's go out to win it. Um, and then we've got a good draw at home, really, haven't we? You know, we've got an opportunity to, to progress at home, um, a good tie. So, you know, yeah, one eye on Saturday, obviously. But I think, you know, a good cut run will do the club a lot of favours as well. Um, and and the feel good factor, isn't it? After a, after a good result, so let's yeah. keep that momentum going. Players are on a high, and I think if you sometimes mix a team up and you disjoint players and play players when they shouldn't be playing, I think that you know, creates you know we we want to win, we want to win, we want to go to the next game and be positive. And I think you know my view is that I think. He shouldn't make too many changes because I don't think we've got many players that could come in and, you know, make a difference to win that game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Excellent. Well, we march on to the Swansea City Stadium, whatever it's called these days, Liberty. I don't know. Obviously. I think it is still the Liberty, actually. Yeah. Is it? Right. Okay. On Tuesday. So we'll probably do a, a, a cheeky little car podcast on the way home for that one, Matt. Yeah. Good idea. Um, yeah. And Jason, thanks so much for coming on. I, I I look forward to a Robins reunited with you in the near future. We'll get uh, one of your teammates on looking through the list. There's plenty to choose from, but uh, we'll see what we can do on that and talk more about uh, your playing days 
at Ashton Gate. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure yeah. to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. And um, onwards and upwards. Absolutely. Good stuff. Right. Um, one final thing for me to say is this is your last chance to enter the competition to win that signed ball. Um, it was running last Saturday on the Twitter and for this podcast as well. So do retweet this episode to enter the prize draw and we'll put all of the names from the retweets into the hat from last Saturday and from yesterday. Uh, and then we'll draw it out on maybe we'll do the Blackburn game um, for the draw, whoever the guest is for that. Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Jason. Have a good day. All the best. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. I've been riding low. I've been riding fast. Gonna take this moment. I'm gonna make it last. Because you don't know me. Don't be quick to judge. Because I'll tell you something. I don't care that much. Don't come around here Preaching your goddamn rules Don't come around here yeah. I ain't your Watching that little town slowly disappear